Hello, and welcome to the No Good Poetry Podcast. Each week we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of poetry. This is episode 26. With Joseph B. Avenue and Joseph Makos. This is the good, bad, and the ugly, isn't it? It's a ugly shit out there, kids. Let's make the world safer for poetry. talking about how this show is kind of like it's like being an out to lunch but it's no good poetry oh yeah well now that's a good do, idea do you think the game's a little hot it probably is okay. but not it probably not that low though because if you no, do it that, that low, low we're not gonna have we're getting oranges sound. that's there probably go. good that's probably you're gonna have to pop a little bit just a little bit oh, yeah. there we go there we go, there we go. Yeah. I'm a sound engineer oh you adjust the game that's what course. I'm doing what? yeah you're getting paid <laughs> for this you're getting paid for this interview right now oh well across the street <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> it's, uh, this is sponsored by Santos <laughs> 1135 Decatur <laughs> Santos, a bar so good it doesn't need its name on the outside no. anywhere. Santos, a bar that shares its name with a garage. With with a garage, a garage. in Mid City. And Satan. Yeah. So we're here in uh in an undisclosed restaurant. Restaurant location in the They're not, you know, allowed, sponsoring this. We're yeah, not officially doing this. Loud recording. Okay. With our good friend Bernard Pierce. Hello, gentlemen. Stereo Joseph. <laughs> Stereo Joseph. And uh, we're doing this. This is a freestyle, freestyle episode here. But we heard you have a new book coming out. Yes. And you have some new work. And yes. you're back from the dead. That's right. I am back from the dead. <laughs> Walking miracle. Walking miracle. Uh, yes. And you work in sound. And you're doing what you do best. You're cooking food with lots of butter. And you and you're doing sound, cooking, writing, and working the board. That's right. Yeah. And chasing the lady. <laughs> we'll get into that later. <laughs> Might be part two. Uh, so you have a book coming out. Yes. And you've been working on this. You uh, you got a deed to my bones. Yes, my first collection. First collection. Mm-hmm. And that work came from a different time in your life. Yes. You were on the ship. Did you write a lot of that shit on the ship? Or was I that kind of editing other work that you had done prior to your ship duty? I wrote it basically, yes, during that period of time uh, when I was uh, had left Lafayette, Louisiana and moved to New Orleans proper. And um, for like the third time. Because I was here, then I ran away... Uh, when I evacuated for Katrina, then moved back, then moved back to Lafayette, and then uh, settled here. But then shortly after settling, uh, started sailing and being a cook on the great ship, the Amara Z, the great theater ship, the Amara Z. Uh, what was the best thing you ever cooked up on well, that ship? Well, 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 before okay, we okay, do I that, want to know about I don't think, I mean, we can't just leave it at... A theater ship because I don't think talk about what that is. Tell us a little bit. Tell us, tell the listeners a little bit about how that theater ship works. Okay, so the Amara Z is the name of the ship which houses the theater company called the Caravan Stage Company, which is almost fifty years old, and that is founded by Paul 
um, Kirby and Adriana Kelder. Their couple, they met in Montreal in the 60s, where Paul ran an underground leftist newspaper. And he got charged with treason and ran, fled Montreal. That far and, left, that far left, huh? Yeah, that far left. <laughs> yeah. And uh, headed to British Columbia where they founded this independent underground traveling theater. And they're a nomadic theater. And they uh, traveled by horse-drawn carriage. Oh, wow. They did that for 20 years. And um, they would... Uh, eventually, they got a team of Clydesdales to to, uh, to to carry the wagons. It's all online. There's documentaries. They're all documented. And they played to uh, disadvantaged audience, audiences that don't have access to theater. So out-of-the-way places. It's like a bookmobile but for theater. So they did that for 20 years, and then there was an outbreak of encephalitis, which affects horses when they're in Florida. And then some of the horses got sick, and it was a nightmare for them. So they decided to um, to uh, put that on hiatus and build a ship. Paul, uh, Captain Kirby, grew up sailing. So they actually Wait, they built the ship? By hand, they built the ship with a team of uh, of you know, the, the theater had was twenty years old. Yeah. So yeah. they had a lot of support already. A lot of connections. A lot of connections. And so they they raised the money. The sponsorship list is like ten pages long. <laughs> Well, I bet you say that, that that's a normal thing. Well, it's a 20-year-old theater. Of course they're going to build a ship. <laughs> well, they could. You know, they you know, they weren't a couple of kids starting out. So they had all this experience, and they built uh, the ship and launched it, uh, I think, in, in 1997. Took a couple of years to build. And it's, a, it's, it's based off a River Thames barge. Uh, which huh. is a, a, a flat bottom boat. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's got a it's a barge, so the, the deck is flat, but it was designed to, to be a stage. Yeah, and yeah. How's the crew and it's very luxurious. Actually the the, 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 the salon is like you know uh, I'm pointing at the room here, but it's probably uh, 30 feet by, uh, and this wide, however wide this is, 15 feet. Maybe like, yeah, 15, yeah, 16 feet. It's yeah, like, it's like that. So it's those dimensions, and the ceiling's really tall. Not as tall as this, but, but uh, you know, but maybe maybe 10 feet. Yeah, yeah. So that's a lot of room. It's very roomy. And then the deck of the ship uh, is one level, one part of the stage, and then uh, from the mast there's another level by 30 feet up it's the second tier of the stage. So, so like on, two so on the deck outdoors is outdoors, where the stage is. The sta- yeah. And then the and audience it's, sits on shore. Okay. Yeah. The yeah, yeah. audience sits on shore and then uh, you know the seating's on shore and then the, the ship is moored uh, somewhere where uh, it's convenient to set up a seating and then uh, they do the show. And they've nice. been doing that for 20 years. Uh, uh, when I came down mm-hmm. I saw y'all were set up behind an old Piggly, Piggly Wiggly That's right, Lafitte. <laughs> in yeah. Lafitte. Yes. Yeah. That was a great spot to see a show. Yeah. It's like something nice about that spot. On the bayou. On the bayou, yeah. Yeah. Really cool. They make the th- the thing about the caravan uh, company, it's very hard work. It's the hardest work in theater ever. Because the actors and musicians, they also build the set. 
So oh, every yeah. time they build the theater, every time they put on a show, <laughs> then they break it down. Yeah. You know, they build the thing and they break it down. And so it's all professional, very professional. Paul gets the, the best people in the world. And uh, I was lucky enough to, I wanted to, to go sailing. Because a friend of mine, this couple, this old girlfriend of mine, her and her husband, they went sailing for a year. Right, and I was like so jealous of their pictures and everything. I was like, man, I got to figure out, out a way to do this. So I was looking to cook on a cargo ship or something like that. And yeah. I looked on Craigslist and came across this listing, cook on the on the theater ship. And I was like, well, fuck, I'm an actor. That's about right. That's great. <laughs> Match made in heaven. Exactly. And I just fell in love with them the moment the from the first day I, uh, I met them and. Uh, you know, and that was like my entree uh, in, into sailing and cooking on a professional level. And because uh, I cooked all my life, you know, but I had never done it. Well, I'd done it professionally uh, a little bit for uh, film catering. Yeah, I did yeah, that yeah. on some pretty big films. So before then, it was just for fun or for, uh, you know, I cooked with my cousin in New York who had a catering business. So I dabbled in, 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 in it, but never I was never like a chef running, you know, the kitchen. day-to-day. Day-to-day, seven yeah, days yeah. a week, three meals <laughs> a day kind of thing. I had to, you know, so it, was, it, it came easy to me. And it was fun, and uh, they were supportive, and, uh, you know, and I was, it wasn't like a restaurant kind of situation. I'm cooking home-style meals. Yeah, yeah. So they're happy. They're hungry. And uh, hunger is a is chef's <laughs> best friend. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, uh, but the, the captain uh, paid me a compliment. Someone, some kind of spoiled European, was complaining about the cheese that I had purchased. Uh-huh. Now, on this particular day, we're in upstate New York, in Hudson, New York, and for some reason. You know, we're on a tight budget. I'm yeah, feeding, I was about to say, you I'm, must have some budget. How many, yeah, how many people are you feeding? <laughs> well, during production, we're, we're cooking and uh, for 50 people. 50 people? 50 people a day doing production. That's when they're building the set for that year. Because they do a different production every year. Or they improve or change yeah, the yeah. same production. So we were doing that. Uh, 50 people. doing Then that's for like uh, basically two months. It's, it's 50 people. And then uh, after that, there's another, like, you know, five months, three months of, of, of sailing. And, uh, and and that's down about 25 people a day uh, with everybody, the crew and the actors and, the, you know, cast and everything. And then we always have guests. There's always, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know. So about, about 25, 30 people a day after that. Uh, and, you know, they eat less and less as we're working. You know, but during production time, it's like a feeding frenzy. But, you know, you what was the craziest thing you ever cooked up for them? Oh, I, I suck in some beef tongue once. <laughs> and I didn't tell them it was beef tongue. Because I, I love tongue. You know, it's a delicacy in, no, Me- it's in Mexico. Yeah, it's it's like great. No one, man, no one knows unless you tell them. Like, if you right. gave someone a lengua taco right, right, and right. didn't tell them that's what it was, they have <laughs> no idea. But they like, love this it, is a though. great beef if they, taco. If they eat beef, yeah. they love it. I think I was in Mexico once and I was eating this this taco. I was like, somebody was like, I'm going to order this tacos right, for right. you. They ordered tacos. And then I'm eating the tacos. I'm like, man, this is the best shit I've ever had. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's the face meat of the chicken. <laughs> right. The face meat. I'm like, how right. do they even get meat out of the face? 
Mexico. Yeah, they're, they're they get it. They figure they it. They know how to get that cheek meat. Cheek meat. From a chick. chicken. Chicken. You know, full of chicken cheek meat. I'm That's like, hilarious. man, this is like succulent. But, but this sounds like a really good uh, formula in a lot of ways for some writing, I would think. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was a lot of fodder. You know, you get it's an international crew. So you meet great people. You have these great conversations. Uh, Paul and Nan are just... I mean, this guy and, and the woman, you know, the, the captain and co the co-captains, they're, they're just so experienced and they've done it all and they know so much. Yeah. You know? I mean, the captain, he like a, a, you know, that was the first boat I worked on. I've bo- I worked on two other ships since then, the Pride of Baltimore and the Mystic Whaler. And I've met a ton of captains and a ton of sailors because when I was on the Pride of Baltimore, that's one of the oldest uh, ships in this new wave of sailing in the United States. They built it uh, in, 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 the, in the late 70s and started sailing it. It, it kind of signaled a, a, a renaissance in, in American sailing. And it's a beautiful schooner. It's got a lot of history in Baltimore because it helped win the War of 1812. A schooner. Ah, okay. It's an American wow. invention, and yeah. it, it helped us kick the ass of the British uh, Navy because it was super fast. It was super fast, and uh, it was able to uh, overtake British ships, yeah. and then they commandeer the ships, right, or destroy them. So um, I learned a lot about sailing. I was fortunate enough to move from this amazing theater ship. I was just really lucky to get on the Pride of Baltimore. And prior to Baltimore, I got this, uh, that really opened up the doors. Because, like, the, the Mars has a reputation of being, like, this crazy circus so, yeah. <laughs> thing. And, you know, they're not really about the sailing. The sailing is just kind of like a vehicle for the theater. Yeah, yeah. But then when I, when I got a job, uh, unfortunately, our captain for the Mars had some heart issues. He's fine now, but he had some heart issues. And we had to end uh, my third season with them. Uh, early, so we ended it early, and then I was looking for work, and word got out about you know it's a tight community, sailing community, the yeah, tall ship sailing yeah. community, you know it's it's very tight knit, and uh, so I got a job offer to cook on the Pride of Baltimore. They needed a cook, and um, the AJ Mirwald uh, out of uh, out of uh, New Jersey. That's that's the official tall ship of New Jersey, the AJ Mirwald, and that's out of. Uh, uh, out of this great place called Bivalve, New Jersey, which is a big <laughs> oyster town, right? Uh, anyway, so they told the captain of the Balt- of, of uh, the Pride of Baltimore that I was available and he needed a cook, so I got on board that ship. And that ship, uh, like I said, is one of the, the, the ships that started this whole new wave of sailing, the renaissance in American sailing. And uh, I got to meet all kinds of captains and all kinds of sailors because there's an annual race it's about 20 years old. It's called the Great American, the Great Chesapeake oh, Bay Schooner Race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big deal. And they, they, they race from uh, Baltimore to Chesapeake Bay. Uh, to, to, no, Norfolk, Virginia, basically. Yeah, yeah, North, Norfolk, Virginia. And uh, I, I sailed with them. I was a cook uh, on a part of Baltimore a few years ago, and I, and it just opened my eyes. I mean, I saw all these great ships. Uh, who was the famous general in World War II? Patton. Patton's ship was there, like a ship that he built, and it's like uh, just General Patton's boat. Yeah. Like, it was pretty awesome. So is there like a, 
Gerald Patton. Is it like a different kind of person? Oh, hell yeah. People who are uh, working on these boats? Yeah, Yeah. I mean, they're all about the boats. They paint that boat like, in a month they might paint the boat, the deck, three times. I mean, it's all about the boat, about sailing the boat. They're athletes. You know, this is all traditional sailing, like non-mechanized sailing. Yeah. And and you talk about the writing, yeah. Because we we would sail out, and then, like, sometimes we we just dock in the middle of nowhere. Like, we'd anchor out. So there's no electricity, it's super quiet, you know, just anchoring out in the middle of the Chesapeake. Yeah. And that's it. great. It is great. The engine's off, the moon's out, you know, and I slept on the deck a lot of times. I lived on the deck for a couple of years, you know, because the cabins are tight, and uh, it was wonderful. So I wrote a lot about that. I wrote about a lot about sailing and, you know, it made me uh, think about, I grew up on the water, right? And uh, yeah. my, fir- my first book is uh, is about that. So, yeah, the first book, my D- The Deed to My Bones, is a lot about my family. It's about a lot about Louisiana. And it's, it's a lot about the, you know, the water. Like, I really believe, you know, that saying, it's in the water. Yeah, right? yeah. I really believe that, you know. Yeah, well, you uh, are yeah. You for eat. Louisiana, it's so much like. Yeah. But it's but yeah, but that must be a whole different thing. Then you got to actually be on the water in a whole nother way. Yeah, yeah. But I grew up on the water. I grew up on the bayou. Yeah. The bayou Tesh, you know, and 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 I can't get away from it. You know, like and that's yeah. And it kind of kind of feel like it has the deed to my bones. Like I want to be buried <laughs> in Louisiana. Like I, I can't. Like I got this yeah, tattoo of, of yeah. Louisiana on my arm, and I didn't do that because I'm a patriot. Because I love Louisiana or something. But I freaking belong to it. So yeah. I kind of surrendered. Yeah. You know, because I've had opportunities <laughs> to live other places, and for some reason I come back here. Like I don't even. No it's hard. It's hard to get away from. And I'm like, all right, take me. Yeah. I got drunk one night, and I'm like, put put Louisiana on my damn I book brand me because uh, you might as well. I don't know that it's got that much of the southern portion anymore. No, no, no yeah, yeah, it's eroded, so it's probably like that now, right? Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Just, but yeah. so, um, I guess. I don't know, and maybe we can even get you to, uh, like, uh, give us some, I don't know, links to your poetry or, or something to, to include in the show notes, but, yeah. so kind of what and, was... Uh, and we can do, we can put some, we can put a little, we'll open the show and close the show with some one-man machine. Okay. Oh, yeah, that'd Sounds be great. Yeah. If you get, Is yeah. that cool? Yeah, yeah. You do that? <laughs> I only have okay. one album, so if you, if you have other... Yeah, I do have another one. Uh, I'll send uh, a little something right now. <laughs> That's okay. Hard liquor gonna kill me. Hard liquor gonna kill me. Hard liquor gonna kill me. It's gonna be the death of me. Well, I like my drink strong and brown. Hey, bartender, another round. Keep them coming, don't slow down. Hard liquor for me. Well, that hard liquor gon' kill me. Hard liquor gon' kill me. Hard liquor gon' kill me. It's gonna be the death of me. 
Maybe I'll pull up. Maybe I'll pull up. Uh, maybe I'll pull up some of the spirituals that you were singing on our road trip. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, see, we were like we were like in the middle of nowhere. We were broke down on an Indian reservation. In an Indian reservation, dude. Which you know. You don't get any service, and no. it's going to take three hours for them to send. And that's what happened. Yeah, and Bernard was sitting on the back the of the truck. I part of the country you're in, you're not getting any service, but you're in any reservation or not. Bernard was sitting on the back of the van, and he was just singing some spirituals that came out of the... Yeah, the, yeah. The, you? The one Yeah, please. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. the bottom of the bottom of the <laughs> cockles of the heart. It was some seriously raw. So yeah, I guess shit. we didn't. I mean, I don't but know. Let's, we don't have, we don't have oh, an intro here, but we didn't. Oh, you mean say, we should talk about poetry? Well, we should talk about poetry. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, considering the singing, we didn't say that. In addition to being a poet and his cooking and sailing experience, we just said Bernard is a musician. A sound engineer. Uh, I tried. Well, we didn't. Uh, and in fact, you know, the first time I remember meeting you. Terrence Sanders had that poetry reading on oh, Royal Street. Oh, yeah, Royal Street, yeah. And you showed up and read, read some poems, and uh, I think David Rowe and I, we were both like, oh, we like that man, that's good. <laughs> and, uh, some, some, and then you were like, oh, but I also do music, One Man Machine. And I don't know, and we just made a point where we're like, oh, we're, we're waiting, we're watching for when that is on the listings of the music somewhere, and oh... I remember, I think, one of the first shows I ever remember seeing you do, you were at uh, Dragon's Den. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, you had that guy who did the timpanis, which was awesome oh, for a Gong. while. Freddie Gong. Yeah. And yeah. so you had him playing the timpanis, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it was just him and you. That was it. Okay. He, he was playing the timpanis, and it was you. Right. And I just remember at some point you playing a guitar with a trumpet. Right, right. And I was like, all right, I'm sold. (laughs) You're playing a guitar with a trumpet. Like the back of the guitar. Because it makes a sound. And you're making it vibrate. Yeah. Yeah, it makes a sound. Yeah, wow. I was like, I have not seen that before. (laughs) And it is an awesome sound. Thank you, man. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun, man. You gotta have fun. Yeah. But yeah, we should get back to poetry at some point. Well, I like writing. You know, you know this guy, uh, Daryl Bork. He was a. I've just been a lucky guy. I've just been really lucky. He's poet laureate of Louisiana. Poet laureate of Louisiana. But he he mentored oh, me okay. when I was first starting to write like in Lafayette, well, in Bro Bridge. In Bro yeah. Bridge. Okay. And uh, somehow I got connected with him. I remember this woman wanted me to read something that Langston Hughes wrote. Yeah, yeah. And I was in seventh grade, and I forget the teacher's name. She was cute. She had red hair, you know. She, you know. Um, <laughs> you're a seventh grader thinking about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know the feeling. Yeah, yeah. yeah my, Miss Lecco was really Ms. hot Lecco. too. Yeah, Miss Lecco. Yeah, but. So she uh, asked me to read some Langston Hughes, and my mom's an English teacher. Yeah, yeah. My dad's from New York, so I don't have that Louisiana. Yeah, I don't talk like that, no. <laughs> no, hey, bro. Like a lot of people on Broad Bridge, they talk like that. Hey. Yeah. Yes, please. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so I was reading from the from Langston Hughes, and I was yeah. like, the boy, you know, it's something about a winter cap. Pull your cap down. And I was enunciating and speaking correctly. And she was like, no, no, no. I don't know. She was oh, like, no. <laughs> she 
don't sound very black. <laughs> what? She yeah. said that? Well, yeah, because it was like... I kind of had a she said, going she said, but it don't sound very black. Yeah. She, she's like, black it up. Black it up a little. <laughs> Basically. Are you for real? Yeah, I'm totally for real. And I was like, I, I walked out. Even at that age, I was like, you're stupid. You know? But... Um, but anyway, I got in the hands of Daryl Borg. That was the dark shit about Lake City News and, and that teacher. But Daryl Borg was always very encouraging. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's been, he's always supportive. And, and um, I think he's a great poet. You know, I think, I think he really is. And uh, he's just a kind person as well. And I don't know, he's been an influence of mine. And uh, for sure. And, you know, I, I like to write things that are accessible. You know, I, I do rhyme a lot, but it's on purpose. I like to have fun. I like to, you know, I like to get, I, I think, you know, the purpose of well, rhyming yeah. is to, for, to so it can be memorable. You well, know. you know what? I'm not a big fan of rhyming. Yeah, I know. A lot of people are not. But you know what I like about how you do it is it's humorous, right. so it makes it a little... Uh, it makes it all right to me. Yeah, it's kind of like it's almost a little self-deprecating. Yes, in a way, exactly. You know, which I, I mean, like. You I know? can be. I mean, I read the classics. I can, you know, and I so often am. I'm, I write, you know, some, some, some. Uh, I don't know. I just write what's from the heart, you know, and some, and I, I you know, and it's kind of fun to do it. That, but all my poems don't rhyme, certainly, and. Uh, you know, and I like to switch it up. But I think, I think you know, sometimes I don't even like what I'm writing, but other people do. You know what I'm saying? Wow, so that's, that's the nature of the beast, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But. <laughs> you know, so, I don't know. It's just a lot of fun, and it's like, I feel it's like the best way to, um, I can express uh, uh, something. Yeah, You know, yeah. some people do it in other ways, and uh, I think I can get my point across. And I, I was doing this, this thing where I get... Um, like magazine uh, articles or newspapers, and I would like omit. I think there's a name, erasure poetry. Yeah, I did that without knowing what it was, you know, and just did it. I'd never seen it, you know. But that that's fun stuff, and uh, you know, uh, I just like to write. I'm I'm working on a novel right now. Uh, oh yeah, and a collection of short stories. And a cookbook, so I get a lot of writing projects. The cookbook isn't going to be; it's more like a memoir, and like you know, some some, Has some recipes slipped in. It's, <laughs> it's not so much a cookbook, but more stories about you eating food. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Yeah, I still remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell you about what was on my plate. Exactly. And uh, maybe you figure out how to cook that. Right. But I'm not going to tell you. Exactly. I know you enough to be like you know the other. Night we were at uh we were at um we oh, yeah. Saturday bar Monday night for King James seeing Jimmy play right. and uh, oh man I love that guy man Ooh, yeah. what a great dude what a great band too one of the best I think one of the best rock and roll bands in New Orleans right now bringing it playing some great stuff I love when they play Lee Dorsey anyway yeah. everybody is eating Bernard's uh, red beans and rice on Monday and eating it up come people coming back for seconds and thirds and people are eating it up and Bernard just looks over to me and goes. It's about two sticks of butter. <laughs> well, you put butter in your red beans. A pound. A pound really? of butter. Per pot, yeah. And smoked paprika. Yeah, smoked paprika. Wow. And it is. Yeah, that's, that's, I have to say, man, look, that 
those red beans that you had, I didn't come this Monday, I'm sorry. No, it's not. Next Monday sorry, I'll be there. Yeah. But you, those red beans you made us the Monday I was there, oh my God. All right, we're going to get on a sidetrack here about red beans, <laughs> but that's all right. They were great. So well, the book, the book is, uh, the food book has some poetry in it about food. Because, you know, I think, you know. I know, but I'm, I'm not, I need to get on my sidetrack about red oh, beans. Oh, you want the second. red bean? Okay. Yeah, I want the sidetrack about red beans. Oh, okay, okay. okay. And so, I don't I mean, I've never done butter. That's new to me. That's but, the trick, man. But. That is the all trick. All right, so. You know where I learned that from? The guy Chris at Vaughn's. At Vaughn's, okay. Who makes red beans every Thursday. So you're doing like the. <laughs> you told me you would learn that from Paul Perdome. So you're doing everything yeah, better with butter, baby. Oh, no, he does. So this is like, <laughs> this is like the thicker style red beans? More than the watery I do stuff. Both. I do both. Yeah, but if you want them creamy, these were thick. These are like cream. These are like the creamy, the thick creamy. Kind of yeah, yeah. But you're know. using a ham hock as your as your base. Oh or my what are you god! Using Not only did he use a ham hock, <laughs> he ate that shit in front of me. He he. One time, well, no, the ham hock to me is like essential. It's like essential. that's the most important part. Well, it, you know, the the thing about the ham hock. Here's why you put the ham hock. It's not just for the flavor. It's the gelatin. Well, the bone, like yeah, the, that the bone, bone, that stuff from the bone is yeah. the most important part. And that yeah. makes it creamy and rich too. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The skin, the gelatin, you cook it down, and then, you know, and uh, so I put tasso, ham hocks. I do tasso too. Okay. Tasso and sausage, andouille sausage. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah andouille. Yeah, yeah. Where'd you get it from? You had to drive out somewhere. I saw yeah, I you, went I to. Saw you well, on. this this week I went to uh, this place in Shriver. Louisiana, which is near Thibodeau, and uh, they, their slogan is "Miracles in Meat" <laughs> since 1891. Love it, and it's it is really it's, it's like the best on doing miracles and meat. Miracles and meat. So that was an hour drive, and, and now I'll go to Laplace and get Jacobs smoked sausage, oh, which yeah, is yeah, from yeah, the yeah, 30s yeah, or the yeah, 20s. Yeah, no, that's good stuff. Yeah, you know, because in the store you can't find. Um, find decent real stuff, but it's not smoke really good. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, they'll yeah. add smoke to it, but they don't actually. It's rare to find sausage that's actually smoked. There's a couple, I think, that actually are, but a few, a few, and they're kind of on the more expensive side. Is the thing like you're paying a lot more, and it's not great, and it's not even the best at no, the same time. Yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah, not. Yeah. Jacobs and, and is the best, and Pochets are. Uh, would you be would you be available for cooking yeah. cooking lessons? <laughs> yeah, sure. Would you uh, would you take someone on? Yeah, so would you teach who's me that? You, who's you, me? Oh, yeah. I want some. You're a great cook, man. man. You're a great cook. I know, but Your I need a little bit of. Good. I, I know, but I love this need, cooking. You just need a fucking kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Josie, you're cooking great. You don't need no I do all right. <laughs> no, but I want a little. I want a. Okay. I want a wee. I want a. Let me let me get a little yeah, few, let me right. get a little tricks. Okay. No, I can cook, but I look. I you can't. Cook I can't well. cook a gumbo, dude. I don't even know how to cook a gumbo. All right. Well, gumbo is easy, yeah, man. It's easy. The the biggest, the hardest part is the roux, yeah. and that's not even really that hard. It's, it's just like I make my yeah, roux. I, I, I've been doing the oven roux now, and I kind of like great, it. But yeah. Would you use oil at all? Uh, I've done both. No oil and oil. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll use bacon fat. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, no, I like that too. That's yeah. really bacon um, fat to make your roux. I've, I've bacon, also done butter too, and butter is alright right. too. It burns. You know, you it's hard careful. to do it and not burn. Yeah. yeah, that's the problem. Now, if you right. mix butter, 
butter and, and oil is good too. It yeah, raises butter the and bacon, heart. that's a good idea. It, it raises I've never tried the, that. the yeah. burn point. Yeah. But yeah. you know, with the root, you have to do it slow. Yeah, that's, I've that's tried the whole it fast. thing. Yeah, you got to do it slow. I've tried it fast and it's not the same. And then I listen to this cooking show, it's like America's Test Kitchen. Yeah. And they're like, it's time. That makes it taste like that because yeah. you can you can brown it if you whisk it. See, I was doing it quick and whisking it, and I made a room fifteen minutes. But you gotta it, it didn't taste so fucking it, yeah, fast. But it too. didn't taste. Yeah, it didn't it taste, right. taste right. And I don't know. Well, and the thing I've been doing more and more of the oven room, yeah, but yeah. it's because I feel like it's easier for me to get it darker that way. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like, I can get it darker when I do it on the stovetop, but it takes so fucking long. Right, right. I gotta take the whole, whole goddamn day. Right, right. Oh, I mean, you know, you gotta spend so so long sitting there with it. Yeah. And I... It's maybe a little bit better right. to do it on the stovetop, but it's it's not... Uh, oh, you, get, get him one more, huh? Yeah, why not? Yeah. It's Thank not uh, significant enough to me. I feel like the oven roux is pretty good. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty a, good. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's not bad. It's just toast, toast the flour. Yeah, and What's you it? don't. It's not as much work. It's not as much work. And then you're doing. You got to chop all that other stuff anyway. Right, right. You can do that while it's sitting in the oven. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're still in the kitchen. And you're like, all right, well, you know. All right. What's the new book called? General Studies. General Studies. It's the name of the new book. Okay. Because it, the subject matter is broad. Yeah, it's not about okay. one yeah. thing. It's not one, not focused. But, um, yeah. You got so you got a you got a, a, cook, a cookbook memoir, but you have, you have a book of poems. You have a book of poems. That, yes, that's out. That's it's, complete. It's done. I think it's, it's ready. Like 50, 49, 50 poems. Okay, and these are new. Uh, this is new work. New work. Yeah. My friend, my friend messaged me the other day. He's like, "Hey, I have a friend who's looking to print the book. His name is Bernard. You, you know." And I'm like, "Camillo, I fucking." Oh, Bernard. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you need to print it with Joseph. I'm right, like, Bernard. Right. I'm like, I know Bernard. Right. I'm like, Camillo, Bernard and I live together. Yeah, like, yeah. like, what are right. you talking about? My, you, I, I tell my friend that you make books. <laughs> right. Did he tell you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're like, I, was like, I, I know Joseph. Him, I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He came, he's like, hey, my friend's looking to make a book. He might, he does, maybe, you, maybe you, you can, I told him about you. I'm like, dude, I know we're friends, right, man. Right, right. All right, but so, you, 40, so 50, pay 40, 50. You're book. doing a good job getting back to Bernie. So what would you, uh, like, what would you kind of... Is this all over the board? Is the topic? What would you kind of yeah. say, poetry-wise? What is this, you know? Like I said, general study. So it deals with some political stuff. Like I write, in, uh, in the first book, uh, I write about taking the monuments down, right? The southern community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And why that's important and what it means to children, what it meant to me as a child. I always made the connection of Mardi Gras and these mass men with the Klan. Well, there is a connection there, well, I think. It, but <laughs> as a child, I didn't know that. Yeah. And later, I realized that it's intertwined. Like, you know... Um, thank you. Uh, that it definitely is, is related. It's definitely it's yeah, intimately yeah. connected, and that that Lee, you know, Lee was. Uh, it's not Lee himself that's the issue. It was the people who erected Lee. You know what I'm saying? And they were Klansmen. You know, that was straight up. That's what. That's who. All right. Well, let me, let me ask, ask you a quick question. Oh yeah, okay, you go first. Yeah. Serious question. I, w- I want to know your opinion, Bernard. Yeah. I want to know your opinion. So, uh, the. Their World War One victory arch in the Bywater. 
Yeah. That's the oldest. I'm writing a piece about it. Right, right. I'm going to try to get it published in Washington Post. Yeah, something Washington weird Post. about it, right? Well, it's the black names are on one side, the white names are on the other side. Yeah. Okay, so let me and ask they've this. Got, well, they've got colored soldiers and white soldiers. Well, that's so the day, it's but, of the day, yeah. But it was yeah. of the day. But let me ask you this. As a, but okay. take them down. Should we take it down? Says, take them down. No one wants it to come well, down. they're idiots. Yeah. They're idiots. So that, but the, the, do, you, do you, I want to know this, do you draw the line in what's already come down? And that's the line that's been drawn. I mean. Should Jackson come down? I, I, I think it's up to the people. I think. That my, I mean, the, but like the my, one let, let me just say, my issue with the Confederate statues was not the Confederate, yeah. it was not about the Confederacy, it was not about the Civil War. It was about, it was a signal to the city that these Yankees whipped us, but we're still running shit. And the Klansmen, of, Klansmen terrorists, murderers yeah. put them up as mascots. I mean, there's no debate. It's documented. They committed massacres. They killed innocent people well after the Civil War was over. These were free people, U.S. citizens, and they slaughtered them. And then they put up a statue to let them know, watch it. We're watching it. No, I think you're totally right. Well, I mean, it. yeah, you're totally right so, about that. But, uh, yeah, that's where that's where the writing's at. It's And then there's some things that are like, you know, about leaving all that behind. I really feel that yeah. the people, you know, we live in the polis. We live with the people. We live in a political society. And I think uh, also it's about leaving all that shit behind and, and remembering that... You don't. That life's bigger than that. Life's yeah. bigger than human beings, and that's in that book too. And it matters of heart. And uh, I'll talk about food, you know, and and uh, and and a lot of different things. But uh, that, so there's politics, there's love, poems, there's uh, you know, like I said, it's a yeah, general, yeah. generous life, you know. Got our song for us. Huh? Got our song for us. What about a poem for us? Poem? Oh, I don't have any poems memorized. Uh, I don't memorize. Do you have some on, on my hand? Oh, no, or not on hand? I have one. I have one. I have an old one. It's not in the book, but if you want a poem, there's one. Red earth, white cotton, black hands, blue sky, yellow sun, hot heat, white cotton, blood red, hands, hands in blood, picking cotton, hot sun, blue sky. Green grass, red earth, white cotton, black hands on white cotton, blood red, hands picking cotton, pain, prize, lips open, prayers become a song, song becomes gospel, gospel is prayer. That's fantastic. Thank you. That's an old we're gonna that's an episode. Okay, thank you.
Mexico. 